Listen up. This is El Lobo, Andy Anderson, the Lone Wolf, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Global right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, Legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, the gentleman, Elio Canella. What's going on? And guess what, folks? <laughs> we got a guest star joining us, usually from WPOV Quarantine, Andy Anderson, the lone wolf himself. Andy, welcome to the show. Making a rare Wednesday appearance, just the way life goes sometimes. Very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, I was almost wondering if it was going to be a run-in, like in the middle of the show, all of a sudden you just appeared in, hit me with a chair, and did the rest of the show. Kidding. I would have laughed and enjoyed that. <laughs> Something for the future. Never say never. Well, you know what? Uh, let's start off our show this week with our various polls. We always oh, yeah. have our polls. And we also have our special matchup where we have, we picked WWE guys currently uh, to go up against current AEW wrestlers. And uh, we try and see what you fans think of these dream matchups. These dream matchups are, of course, uh, the current roster, but we make the exceptions. We do not have like Brody Lee, who recently came over from WWE, or guys who were just recently in each of the companies. So this is kind of like the dream match sort of aspect, all right? This week's dream match is a tag team dream match representing the WWE, The New Day, and representing uh, AEW, we have the best friends. Now, first of all, Obviously, you both gentlemen both know these teams rather well. Elio, yes, who did you pick in this uh, matchup? And, and, and you know what? Go with this, because when I thought of this, I, there, I came up with two answers. One, if it was each of these teams at their prime or currently now. So because there is a difference here. And so I want to hear okay. what you, you got to say, man. Okay, so um, I went with the New Day because New New Day, they've been together longer. Each, uh, each uh, member, well, two of the three have had, both had singles run, one in the next team, one in, on the main roster. And um, they have the speed of Kofi. They have the power of Big E. So I'm going to pick the New Day. You're going to pick the New Day. All right, Andy. New Day. I'm, uh, I'm with, the, uh, with Mr. Elio. Uh, a lot of the same reasons. Uh, just more experienced, a greater blend where they complement each other. They got the size, the speed, the skill. Uh, you know, you got former heavyweight champion, world champion, whatever Kofi was, was called. Um, I just, I'm not the biggest fan of the best friends. And mm -hmm. I mean, so that'll, that'll play to my decision as well. But uh, overall, it just, I, to me, it was like, yeah, New Day would, would dominate. And I'm curious, why are you not the biggest fan of the best friends? Uh, I don't like to, from, from a, a gimmick perspective, there's, I don't see too much to it uh, other than, okay, we're, we're best friends. We hold hands, we hug. Uh, I think one of the best things that I've seen from them uh, is the whole, like they, they, and they had a great, whatever the, uh, what was the, the, the match, the parking lot brawl or whatever? Yes. Yeah. That was an awesome match. I mean, that's kudos to everybody. I don't want to take anything away from them on that respect. Um, the touch at the end with the, with, with the, with the mom and the, the, the middle finger salute, I thought was awesome. It actually reminded me more of the first Naked Gun movie when Leslie Nielsen commandeers a vehicle that ends up being a driver instructor uh, car. 
and they were having a little problem with the trucker and the guy saying, okay, you know, like, you know, gently your arm, extend your middle finger. That's what I saw there. So that's, <laughs> I thought like I enjoyed that, but overall, like to me, there's, it, it's, it's two guys, three guys. There's, there's just not much to the, to the, okay. to the gimmick. And I, it doesn't, I realize I'm not the key demographic. I realize I'm old, curmudgeonly, grumpy, whatever. <laughs> but I just, I, I just don't, you know, as a, even trying to be a wrestling fan, I, I don't really see much of it. I don't really buy into it. Okay. Um, for myself, I mean, like I said, when I was thinking about it, I almost looked at it at two different aspects. If I was to look at right now, take a snapshot of each of these teams and look at their careers, of course, you're going to have to say the New Day. I mean, first of all, the New Day has been around like, what, seven years longer than these guys. Um, they're very experienced. They've been around a lot. They've been in the very big esch upper echelons of uh, the WWE. Well, uh, the best friends have only been around probably maybe, well, only a year in AEW because it's only a year old. And I don't believe maybe they had maybe a year, maybe less together in the Indies before that. Can we um, see them in so Japan? So longevity-wise, no, we did not. You saw uh, Trent uh, teaming up with Rocky Romero. Oh, as, yeah. uh, Rapongi, three right, okay. uh, Rapongi. Oh, Rapongi that was Vice, that, yeah. that's right. That was Rapongi, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, in that aspect, of course, you have to give it away. But then, when you think of it, that's kind of an unfair ruling because, you know, that's like you're know, taking a baby going up against uh, a grown man. Um, if I look at it in today's aspects, um, you, you brought up a good thing, Andy. Uh, the age thing. You know, they appeal to obviously a younger crowd. But I would also say that New Day appeals to an even younger crowd. They're like going for the elementary school level humor uh, with the trombone and the cereal garbage and throwing pancakes bullshit. That stuff is all made for the kids of the WWE. It sells t-shirts. It sells the fake cereal and all that stuff. Um, the best friends, they got this bizarre thing that I guess appeals to them too. So I can't weigh the, the, the demographic attacks on each thing. Right. I do have to say though, I am enjoying, I mean, I think Trent's uh, an amazing wrestler. Um, I've had my problems with Chucky, but I'm starting to come around and he's starting to, to contribute a lot more to this team to make it feel like he actually just isn't the dumb kid that, you know, Trent needed somebody to hang with. He's starting to become a part. Um, and I don't know, and I guess if we have to include Orange Cassidy in there, because if we want to talk New Day, they have three members. Yeah, the trio versus trio. Yeah, so if, if, to include Orange Cassidy, uh, whether you like him or not, he does gather some excitement. He does appeal to a lot of younger people. And their style of wrestling, I think, is a little more strong style than you find out of the WWE guys right now. Um, so only if, if I was to say at this moment, as I'm not the biggest Best Friends fan, I am so effing sick of the New Day. Like... You yeah. know, Co you know, I'm sick of Kofi Kingston. I'm sick of the idiot with the trombone. I love Big E, you know, yeah. but uh, today at this moment, I'll be the weirdo, and I'm going to go with uh, with the best friends, just because they're hitting on things that are a little more popular. I mean, let's face it, if if you found out tomorrow that the New Day was getting a title shot against whoever the champions are, I both both you would probably roll your eyes and say, "Who gives a shit?" Like they're that played out now. You know, you just, know what? I'd say the same thing with best friends if I found a best friend. Really? Okay, but that's only because they're not played out. It's because they haven't won your respect yet, right? Yeah, well, and, and 
I see, and, and to kind of like, even to like where you're going and you're kind of say like with the, with the level of humor and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, you, you know, you've made a very valid point about, okay, well, are we comparing now versus now prime versus prime? I just overall, like to me, mm -hmm. uh, I find that New Day checks the boxes in just about every category where I don't see that with the best friends. And that's fair. I, I, I get that. I, 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 in my, my defense, I would just say if I was going to an independent wrestling show next yeah. week and the New Day was the main event, I'd be like, mm, whatever. Okay, I guess yeah. I'll see him. Maybe Big E's cool. Uh, I'd be not that much more excited, but a tiny <laughs> bit more for yeah, best fair friends. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm not fair saying they're winning by any giant leap yeah, here. Yeah. It's like kind of like that for me. Uh, yeah. Elio, what did the fans have to say about any of this? Okay, so Rick Serrano the third says, my POV on this is a new day has three wrestlers that can stand on their own. Also, they each bring something to the team. Biggie is a muff is a muscle, Kofi the high flyer slash veteran, and Xavier is the mouthpiece slash technician. The best friends in Cassidy can't do that. Individually they'll drown, and as a team, they are a comedy act at best. Chuck is out of shape and Orange Cassidy is a joke. The best they got is Trent. Orange Cassidy was at his peak these past couple of months, but I sense a decline very shortly. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of that. I do not, however, agree that Xavier Woods can ever, he never has, he never could stand alone ever. He has never been able to have any kind of singles run whatsoever without looking lacking. It's, it, they've tried it. It's never worked. So, but yeah, you can't beat Kofi. I mean, Kofi's been around, what, 74 years? I mean, he is so old. He started off as a Jamaican and eventually became Ghanan. I mean, that is an old man. And I can't, you cannot make fun of Biggie. I'm sorry. Biggie is Biggie. Okay. Then we have Clay Cummings saying, New Day, they have had a great run, and I just don't think Best Friends will ever get to that level of stardom. New Day has the better yeah. overall wrestlers, and all can make it on their own in singles if they had the chance. In my opinion, Chuck Taylor holds Best Friends back. I also say Xavier Woods holds <laughs> New Day back, but okay. No, they're right, though. I mean... It's hard to compare a company, a, a, a guys who've been in a company for one year versus guys who've been in for quite a while and have a great history, yeah. yes. Yeah. And we have uh, two more. We have from RJ Adams. Mm -hmm. New that Day. sounds like a fake, that's a fake name, RJ. <laughs> okay, go on. That's why Rick Serrano. Yeah. It's probably Tony, that coward <laughs> can't even put his name on it. New Day, the biggest thing in Best Friends is Orange Cassie by a country mile. Okay, that's definitely not Tony. <laughs> he would never say that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, go on. And then we have Vince Steele saying, you cannot compare the two teams' different audience they play to. And to me, New Day plays more to people because of their outlets to their fans, YouTube and their podcasts, etc. Mm -hmm. No, he makes a that's good point, too. too. Yep. This, is a, like, this is like one of those tough ones. Um, Sometimes, like when we've got in the past, we've had some guys who are right on the same level at the same time, and it's really hard for this one. Who knows? Because for all we know, the best friends may fall apart tomorrow, and then they've been a blip compared to New Day. Yeah. At the same time, they might hope eclipse New Day by twenty years. We don't know. They're so started different parts of their careers. Okay, the percentage right here says forty-one percent. Whoa, are you serious? Forty-one percent oh, of the fans pick New Day. Fifty-nine percent pick the best friends. <laughs> I did not guess that. I did not guess that. Um, however, the ca the caveat here was Rick said he did put it in an AEW 
<laughs> chat uh, where it got the most possible votes <laughs> out of it. Slightly so, skewed. Slight, well, possibly. We don't know that. We can't say. We can't assume. But no, I, I, I kind of believe I it's like, I, yeah, I'm going to have to think that. As much as I would like to say uh, my pick of <laughs> be the best friends, I, I got to be honest. Okay. Well, but even even you saying that, you were saying like yeah. barely. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, even if it was like 51-49, like I still wouldn't believe it. But at yeah. least that would be more believable kind of to what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole difference of 18%, which is yeah. it's a remarkable yeah. difference. All right. Um, let's look at our hot topic this week. This hot topic is obviously, as we've been watching AEW over the last little while, we have seen an almost collision and then got inverted by a weird team up. But we know it's going to happen someday. We have Lance Archer and Jake Roberts on one side. We have Ryan Cage and Taz on the other side. <laughs> now they're kind of playing nice, but you know this is going to be down the road. These guys are going to go at it. And I was curious, who comes out on top in your guys' mind? Andy, you've seen Archer. You've seen Cage. Um, and I don't know if I should give you uh, some pre-ups on this. I mean, Archer is a guy who only in the last year has been a singles competitor, or I guess the yeah. last year and a half. Yeah. He has been traditionally a tag team partner for many uh, for four or five years with Davey Boy Smith Jr. in New Japan. Right. He's had very uh, limited singles runs, uh, but he is a crazy big dude. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cage uh, has not made much of a, a splash except for the last two years, including capturing the Impact World Championship. And now he's over in AEW. Uh, you've seen these guys. You've seen what you've, the way they're presented here in AEW. Who do you pick? Who do you back to come out on a fight with these two? Well, I'm going to kind of give a two-part answer to this. Yep. Because this is the way I'm going to kind of have to go this. Honestly, for me, for as much as, you know, as much as I've watched AEW, and I, and I don't get to watch a lot of other stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of like the information that you've given me and stuff, you know, kind of what I read is what I've kind of – kind of have on these guys between that and AEW. So you have a life unlike me and Elio. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I, <laughs> honestly, both of them, at least like right now here at AEW, don't really do anything for me. Don't really impress me that much. Okay. Uh, and so for that, it's kind of hard for me to really care or say, you know, that's the point it. that I'm at where it's like, nah. um, where I think, and this is kind of the second it's part like of my answer. Slow. So basically to me, from what I've gathered, what I've seen, what I know, um, I really, I'm really not invested into either character. I really don't care. I don't see too much. There, there's nothing that really impresses me at this point, whether it's the way they're booked, the way, the way they're presented. I'm kind of, eh. And that's why to my second part, I would say if and when, and hopefully, yeah. uh, if fans start coming back and maybe there's some tweaks to how they're presented, maybe there's something, you know, like the fans can become quite the X factor. You know I mean? Obviously they, they can get behind somebody, push somebody. Maybe that will change something. It'll make me like one of them more or maybe mm -hmm. dislike one of them that will make me want to, you know, hope that the other one comes out on top. But right now, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Elio. Yeah. You've been kind of tracking these guys since they've come in. I'm with Anyone the, them? I'm going with Alan Searcher. I think Alan Searcher is uh when when this match happened, the Alan Searcher is gonna run through um through Brian Cage. I've never really uh, been a big fan of Brian Cage, his whole presentation. 
Okay. And plus, I've okay. seen more philanthropists work uh, having watched in JPW. Okay. So I, if I can, just to ask, and yeah. I mean, because both, like, this can go to both of you, just because you know you've, you've seen a lot more, and just as Elio was bringing it up, um, like when Brian Cage first came yeah. out, I wasn't, you know, like I, I knew very little about him, and he didn't strike me as anything as more just like another like big muscle guy. Is there is there more like I mean I, I know from Japan and whatnot that there's more to Lance Archer than that. Is there more to Brian Cage or is kind of what I see what I get? He was only in Impact Wrestling and he was in Florida Championship Wrestling around 2010 2011. So, but the, is there the, more to the him than development? Does just he's been basically looks the same whether he was in either. No, company. no. Let's let, let's be fair. No, Brian Cage was presented within uh, Impact as uh, a lot more gymnastic type. Okay. He actually could perform a lot of moves that would be almost cruiserweight looking. So he did that have going. Uh, His uh, thing was he was the machine. So he would also absorb great amounts of punishment and still truck on, you know, that sort of deal. Um, He was presented, I think, I think he's been unfairly presented in AEW because he really doesn't look like anything. No. No, he, uh, he, he comes across as just a muscle-browned idiot, and it's a shame. Um, and it's almost the opposite presented that great outside. He was okay in New Japan, right? But when he came in, now he's been presented as the psycho monster, and it's the opposite of Ryan Cage, yeah. who yeah. had a better presentation before coming. Um, if you look at it now, I mean, definitely you got to look at Lance Archer because I mean. Yep. What is what does Brian Cage bring to the table? A bunch of muscles and two different colored wrestling boots. I mean, yeah. and Taz. I'm not sure if that's yeah. getting me started. At least, and the, and the, the FTW belt. belt. And Taz. <laughs> oh, the FT freaking W belt. What a freaking <laughs> time that thing was. Um, and and they're, apparently they're defending it next next week. So yay Are for they? us. Um, oh, yeah, no. the, the yeah. Brian guy? Page. Yeah, yeah it, it was announced at the end of the show that. Uh, Brian Cage is putting it up against uh, 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 who was he putting it up against? The I new guy that just came in. Yeah. Oh, was it the the big uh, black guy? Um, yes. Oh, Will Hobbs. Uh, Will, Will Hobbs. Hobbs. Yeah, he yeah. gets a shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, and you know what? It's so reflected in what the fans say. I mean, Andy, just look at this number: ninety percent picked Archer, yeah. with a ten percent picking. Uh, Brian Cage, which just shows you how poorly Brian Cage has been presented, and uh, many favors, yeah. uh, especially since the fact we all know Taz is short, and Brian Cage certainly doesn't look all that tall standing next to to Taz. So, my my thing with my thing with excuse me my thing with Lance Archer mm-hmm. is the whole psycho thing, and and I mean at the beginning when they were first doing the vignettes with like the backyard wrestlers yeah. or whatever, like that kind of stuff. I was kind of eh on it, just, I mean, because it's... Yeah, I thought it was cartoony as hell. Yeah, I just, it's kind of weak. And to me, the way the matches are booked is, like, if he's going to be the psycho monster like that, I, you know, maybe, the, like, the match with Cody for the, the, the title, that could be a longer match. But to me, you know, everything that he should be doing should be, like, those short, explosive matches where he should just be, like, killing guys, short and sweet. And to me, like, the longer they go, it's like, well, eh. And that's, it really undoes, yeah. It, it undoes his mystique by having him like oh, totally. be this humongous monster, and then he goes out and has like a ten-minute match with a guy half his size. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. If, if he's doing stuff with, it's one thing, you know, because we got, of course, we have to bring the mention in. It's one thing if he's working Luchasaurus, at least it's a guy that's, you know, similar size. Mm-hmm. But if, if he's working Jungle Boy or one of the other guys, like, I'm, you know, and we, we've discussed this on episodes with the Giants. Like, to me, I'm sorry, like, Jungle Boy or who the other one is, you know what? Tonight's not your night. Lance Archer should just flatten him in like three minutes. Let him bounce around a bit, blah, 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 blah. He catches him, boom, flattens him, done. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can't, you can only, if you are a giant and then you're presented not as, it's so much easier to build slowly than to rebuild when that's taken away. When that's taken away, people always remember that. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere down, so, somewhere down the road. So yeah, Jungle folks. Bo- so, somewhere uh, down the road, Jungle Boy's getting that big push, you know. And Lance Arch has already established Psycho Giant or something. Sure, maybe then. But right now, in, in the in the, you know, the first year of AEW, where you're having these new characters, he should just be dominating. Okay, and we we have we have okay. one one comment on this one. Okay, I'll read it out. Go ahead. Okay, from Round the Third says Lance Archer should run through Cage. Obviously that wouldn't happen because they want Cage to look like a machine. Pun intended. The combo of Archer and Jake make Cage and Taz look like well Taz and Cage. What <laughs> <laughs> up bump? Oh bump, Rick Serrano. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right, wrestling fans, let's take a look now at some of the shows we've been watching this week and uh just give you kind of a Yes, no, three bags full sort of deal. Were they worth watching? Starting off with ROH. is still in the middle of its pure tag or I keep saying wanting to say tag it's pure title tournament this week we had two more matches and you know what still a really interesting presentation if you're a true wrestling wrestling fan not not the storylines but the, the the aspect of good wrestling this is definitely the show to watch each week uh, they continue to take guys and present them in packages in the beginning that make them interesting they make them wonder who's really going to it makes it seem like each guy really has a legitimate chance of advancing into the tournament. Nobody's presented as overpowered over the next guy. And you know what? The, the, uh, the pure tournament, it's got some weird rules that are slightly different that really force you to wrestle more. You know, uh, do you know much about the, uh, the pure title at all? Uh, or... Not, not a lot. No. Okay. Basically the pure title is uh, the matches are 15 minutes long in length. If, if okay. it goes to 15 minutes, it's a, it's a time limit draw. Uh, there, if it goes to a draw, there are three judges who will judge the winner uh, by their performance. Uh, the code of honor is a her too, means you have to shake hands before yeah. each and after the match. Yeah. You are allowed only three rope breaks during a match. Oh. Okay. Each time you use a rope break, it's it's taken off your catch of breaks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If by the if you've used your three rope breaks and you're put in a vicious uh, hold. Reaching for the rope does nothing. It's still, he can even use the ropes. You can even use the ropes at that time on your opponent. So you only have three of those. And you have one, you, if you use a closed fist to the face, anytime you get a warning, second time match over. Automatic, no, 
no thing like that. You lose. No yellow card and <laughs> yellow cards. Jesus, <laughs> only Cana- only Western Canadians understand that concept. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it brings about it. It forces you to wrestle very differently, and uh, um, it really uh, favors mat technicians for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. so this cool. week, this week we had Silas Young taking on Fred Ye- Yehai. 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 Yeah. Yeah. How tall is he? um interesting you know silas young going into this match i thought silas young would have much stronger chance i know you know he's been presented for the last couple of years uh, you know the last real man of professional wrestling and he's actually a very talented wrestler when he gets down to the grappling um fred yehai is he struggled a lot in the independence for at least the last three years Mm -hmm. four years he hasn't really got a chance yet to go on the national stage so seeing him in ROH was, I thought, nice because I've seen him many times on smaller places. Like Did we see him in MLW? Uh, well, for like two matches and then he disappeared. Right. No, yeah. I'm saying, right, that's where, that's where I've seen him before. I have seen yeah. I remember seeing him. Yeah, so um, so surprisingly, uh, Yehai gets the, the, gets the uh, match over Silas Young. So Silas Young out of the tournament. Uh, Fred going forward. Interesting matchup. Now, I got to tell you, anyone who's heard our show knows when I saw the next name come up, I gritted my teeth and thought, oh, my God, my life is ending. Poor Josh Woods having to fight Mr. Non-Entertainment himself, Kenny King. Kenny King, the only man who could probably use his powers to make you fall asleep during the the tournament. However, Josh Woods stayed awake. And won the match. <laughs> is, it, is this a, a, a match where one of the matches where they went to the judges? I, yes, I this saw, was yeah. actually went to a draw, and uh, uh, Josh Woods won two to one. Okay. So, not surprising. I, I know we've hated on Kenny King for a long time, and it's not because we hate him, it's just he's so, he just sucks the life out of the room, you know? He's just Those so people, boring. He is so, no, there's nothing <laughs> that guy can do that can make him seem exciting. So, sorry, you probably want to punch us in the face someday. Good luck finding us, we're in Canada. All right, moving on. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to something fun. Let's get into NXT UK this week. You know what, Elio, you made the point that uh, it's been six months off for NXT UK. And man, it has feels, refer- you know, I always enjoyed NXT UK. And I didn't realize that you could even make it a little more funner. And it has been. It hasn't been a little fun. This little is bit. such a different NXT UK. And yet the same high quality wrestling. Yep. So that I like. So uh, starting up, we have uh, the NXT UK champion, Walter. That's how you say it. Walter, not Walter. Walter. <laughs> Putting his, uh, and you know what, Andy, you might remember this dude because he was in PWA a couple years ago, Saxon Huxley. Do you remember Saxon Huxley? Yes. British kid? Yes. Yeah. Now, I remember him as being a quiet, nice, uh, prim yeah. guy. Now he kind of looks like Bruiser Brody and uh, plays the kind of wild man character. Good for him. Yeah, and it fits him. I think it looks good. He looks like a British Bruiser Brody. Uh, awesome. However, he's had about as much success as Strife was had over the last little while. So, wow. uh, yeah. Strife of old, not the RCW repackaged Strife. Yeah. So, yes, uh, he is, once again, finds himself on the losing end of an on-title match. Yikes. How many people lose on-title matches? It happens. It <laughs> happens. But, but he really, he took it to Walter. I didn't, I've never seen Walter get handled the way Huxley. 
Well, Huxley uh, at least is a guy who's big. I yeah. mean, Walt, Walter is a big man, and a lot of the British guys aren't that big. Yeah. So Huxley, he's a tall dude, and uh, he took it to him. Yeah, it was a yeah, good match. I thought this was a great match. So it was I a good showing and a losing effort. Yeah, I kind of wish, this is the one time I wish he'd won so that maybe later on he would get a title shot against Walter because he put up enough effort that I'd like to see. I'd like to see that down the road because Walter is not having enough guys. I mean, his next guys, we love Ilya Dragunov, but come on, Dragunov is like half the size. I love Ilya Dragunov. He's a great wrestler. He's got a look. He's got The thing is, though, he's a mid-heavyweight at best, you know? And, and let's face it, Walter is bigger than most heavyweights. And uh, I just, oh, it's, it's a hard sell for me. I really like to see it, but the way Walter's been presented, and even though Dragunov has been presented as this firecracker, I just have not yet been able to see that Dragunov can get a chink in the armor of Walter yet. And I hope they do something about that. And I really hope it doesn't make Dragunov look bad by losing to Walter if that's the way they go. That can't happen. Um, of course, they're, because they're British, they're going to talk about one of these stupid-ass tournaments. Uh, I don't like British wrestling tournaments. I don't know if you know much about them, Andy. They're the stupid-ass rounds, rounds of two minutes and blah, blah, British blah, ends. bullshit, uh, yucky, yuck. Who cares? We already saw um, one on a, a, a past episode of NXT. Yeah, remember Chris Hero did one one uh, episode there with Sid Scala, was it? Yeah. And it was just, it was garbage. But uh, they're going to do a whole tournament of this crap. So they laid it out. I don't care. All right, moving on. Uh <laughs> Wild Boar and Primate, who we're starting to get a little bit liking a little more, against, I don't know, Sam Stroker and Lewis Howley. What are these guys, uh, the American males? Pretty Britain, deadly. Out there? They're pretty deadly. No, but I mean, they're, they're like American yeah, yeah, males. Yeah, they're like the American males. Don't say yeah. they're their brother. Yeah, they're like Fandango or whatever the hell they are. Yeah, like, it's, they're just these two stripper wannabe dudes, I guess. I don't know. It's, I, I don't like it. It's, 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 it, it would be better if they could also, like, perform at a better I don't level. know how they beat the hunts. That is so... I don't well, because understand. the hunt are, as much as you can like the hunt, yeah. they're really small dudes. They're two small guys with funny contacts and funny gimmicks. Who would, they can be tough sometimes, but those dudes look like they're maybe five, six, five, seven. And, so it's hard to present them as, as main eventers. And, and you know how else that can happen, Elio? How's this? Because it's a work. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? We've spent our lives at this, Andy. What the hell are you talking about, man? I worshipped you, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> do not like the presentation of Stoker and Howley. They're ridiculous. They don't even have a name. They should have some name. I don't know. Rich Is that Stoker. one guy related to Bram Stoker? I Stoker. wish. He's more like Stoker. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that joke. No. No stroking jokes. All right. Let, moving it's on. Harris Carter. The main, <laughs> the main event. Uh, Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven for the UK Women's Championship. Uh, now, it's funny because we followed, you know, tons of indies before this. Uh, these two ladies have fought each other up and down in Scotland and in England for, like, ever. Usually with Piper uh, being the bad guy, Kaylee Ray being the good guy, which makes sense when you look like, uh, look at the size of them, right? Piper is this big, heavy, large girl who's mad. Kaylee Ray, the upcoming skinny little... Underdog. Know, underdog. But now they're presenting it here at opposite. Kaylee Ray is the despicable, sneaky heel, and... Piper Niven is the happy-go-lucky big girl trying to get her break. Uh, so interesting. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Once again, we get one of those schmozzy endings where uh, Kaylee Ray manages to 
not leave you satisfied at all, obviously leaving room for many more rematches between these two to come. And I'm sure if you lived in England, you'd be effing sick of this because these two ladies, I'm sure, have faced each other. Probably two-thirds of their careers <laughs> has been against each other. That's what happens when you come from the same place. So um, NXT UK this week, got to say, it has been fun, Elio. It's been some yep. fun stuff yeah, once again. Fans, check it out if you haven't really seen it. It's good wrestling mixed with not too much. It's like NXT with a more wrestling flavor to it. So I'll give it that. Now, Elio, tell me a bit about Impact. I know you looked at it. I saw a tiny yeah. bit of it. Um, kind of saying I vacillated a bit this week because there was some atrocious nonsense on it mixed in oh, with no. some good wrestling. So Impact, uh, basically the, the only matches that stood out was Turn Grace or Neil Dashwood in a rematch from last week. Way better and, than last week's match, yep, for sure. Way better than last week, for sure, yes. And um, they had like a tag tie of Valkyrie and uh, Rosemary in the tag team opening match against Nevaeh. Like and No. Oh, I thought you said that was no, one no, of the no, good No, no, I'm just saying that was the opening <laughs> match. No, the ending was, uh, was weird. They had. Um, Sammy Callahan coming out to to confront Eddie Edwards, and then um, mm -hmm. Eddie Edwards uh, trying to find out who attacked him last week, and it turns out that it was like uh, Ken Shamrock. So this whole yeah, thing, Ken Shamrock. yeah. So that was basically it. Nothing really uh, stood out other than the Neil Dashwood match. Well, I got to say, Ken Shamrock looks crazy in shape. Oh, like, oh man, geez. holy smokes. Like mid-50s? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks massively bigger. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of great stuff. Um, I mean, the tag team match later on with the Good Brothers was okay. Um, the Rascals, they have our hit and miss at times. The fall of Bond, Jimmy Swinger crap was that just, was just that stupid. crap. Yeah, that was... Um, and I'm not sure. There's just something about this matchup of uh, Fulton and Austin versus the North that just doesn't work for me. I don't like um, it. The North is a, you know, as being great Canadian representation. I should like, like them. They're from here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Josh Alexander's okay at times, and uh, what's the other dude's name? Um, uh, something Ethan Page. Page. Ethan, Ethan Page. Page. Ethan Page is a big boy, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and plus, let's face it, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton are a poor, shit poor team. No, we know you like uh, Ace Austin. Come on. I can't, I can't stand Ace Austin himself. He's an okay wrestler. Why but Madman Fulton, <laughs> and Madman Fulton is just a poor wrestler. He's a big man who doesn't know very much. And if he wasn't that big, I mean, the WWE got him loose because they saw nothing in him. Um, and he, I don't see a lot in him myself. You know, he has an okay look. I mean, if, yeah, if you think like you're six foot eight and you have dreadlocks as intimidating i guess that works but he doesn't really do bring a lot when he actually wrestles mm, so bad yeah it's too bad because like he really has like some of the basic tools to be a, a big star yeah but he just doesn't have the work or the talent to carry him over that oh and, just to be six foot eight <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> think of that. that that's like the dream of most wrestlers so uh, i would say this week it was kind of a poor showing for impact not the greatest kind of a like a B minus, maybe a yeah. C. Wasn't horrible, wasn't great. Aren't they going uh, into a pay-per-view this week too? Yeah, yes. Dark Victory on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, the Victory Road. And yet the weird part here is there didn't seem to be a lot of lead up. In Like I couldn't even tell you what matches are coming. I know Eddie Edwards is, no, not even Eddie Edwards. Who is it? Uh, no, well, it's, first uh, of all, 
I want to ask you one quick question here, Elio. What do you think of this whole deal with uh, EC3? Have you noticed that he's never been on the show, actually? Uh, yeah, it's, I guess only, it's, only been is, like, it's only been vignettes. Yeah. yeah, I guess he hasn't actually signed with the company, so he just mails in a vignette threatening Moose every week. He actually has not yet stepped foot once anywhere near Impact stuff. And I did hear this crazy rumor that in the internet, you ready for crazy rumors? People are saying, is it possible because he hasn't signed, right? That he's going to end up being one of the leaders of uh, Retribution, one of the mass guys that haven't been. No. Yeah, that's what people on the internet are saying. And I'm like, ooh, that's how. No. No. Listen, we're not even going to get into that retribution crap because poor Ed, Andy's head will explode if we try and explain what the hell garbage that's all about. Oh, no. I mean, see, but I watched WWE, so I mean, I okay. know what retribution is. Okay, then you, you I, know how horrible that whole thing well, is. Well, I'll, I'll say this quick because, I mean, I realize this yeah. isn't the program yeah, for no, that. No. Go ahead. To me, I, and I know other people said it too, it could be like another, another shot of doing like a similar gimmick to Nexus, but already, to me, like – Mace? Don't, don't care. Don't care. Slapjack. You Everyone can, wants you Slapjack. Can, you could call him a shithead. But if it was presented, <laughs> if it was being booked better, presented better. Yeah. It was already like, uh, and, and, it's, and I, I'm not even but talking it hasn't. about. No, it hasn't. exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I don't, and I'm not even, you know, yeah. not even looking at like COVID stuff or yeah. okay, like it's tough because you never know from week to week who's going to be available or whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's just the way the world is right now. That's fine. But for, you know, for the longest time, like everything, what they were starting to do, just the uh, the, the run-ins and, and causing mm-hmm. all the chaos, the potential was there. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, soon as like, okay, well, they signed contracts and now they're in the main event against the Hurt Business. What? Yeah. Well, explain this one, Andy. You've worked for many promoters, right? So if I cause a lot of bullshit at a company, <laughs> but then I sign a contract. So it's okay. Now I can still do bullshit and yeah. no one can touch me now. How, does that work like that? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and, and again, it, you know, there's, there's the whole thing of like the, the suspension of disbelief. I mean, yeah. if, if they were, if they could have done it, you know, if, if, like more like along the lines of like an NWO type thing. Mm-hmm. So an invasion of, of who they were. Yeah. They, yeah. It kind of kept it separate that way. But as soon as you start signing contracts and, well what about also the fact is you bring in these guys who some of them have already been presented sometimes within wwe universe now they have different names and you're supposed to pretend you never saw them ever yeah well <laughs> but, but see, but, okay but but given the chance yeah. and again i mean this is all our fantasy booking yeah. and, and to an extent I, I i'm not a fan of fantasy booking in the same mm-hmm. vein as i'm not a big fan of like fantasy football and stuff because that's where yeah. so many people can talk like they know everything but yet you know, you, you don't know what the whole story is. You don't know mm-hmm. what's going on, but that could be something where maybe off the, you know, maybe not off the bat. I mean, they're making their initial invasion and mm-hmm. so, and then you can come out and say, well, Hey, weren't you so-and-so? Well, yeah, but this is part of the reason why I'm in retribution is because, so, you know, as so-and-so I couldn't get a break. I couldn't do this. This could, but that happen. means you'd have to present the newer stuff better than the shit that was before, but, not the opposite okay. way around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with no. you there. I'm just, I'm just saying that mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like, I mean, they can come in and, and do the invasion, but you're saying, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but he was so-and-so before people are supposed to believe. No, just, no. I'm just, I meant there was one of those dudes was like sitting next to Jerry Lawler for a couple episodes. And then Jerry Lawler's acting like, who's this guy? I've never seen him yeah. before. And that's a little far. 
and that's and that's where you know a lot of stuff gets lost with like the the consistency from week to week and yeah know, this is being booked well it's just a one-shot pop that's it there's not no follow-up to it or yeah people aren't going to forget well you know what and to a large extent they are mm-hmm. but i think there's still that that nucleus that are going to remember you know are going to remember but having said that you know being a core nucleus uh, to me yeah. my, my view has always been well, you know, we can shit on it and stay all we want because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're all going to tune in again next week anyways. Yeah, I guess so. I guess we have to see the numbers for that for sure. And I got to say this. I'm not big on fantasy booking, but when it does come to fantasy booking for me, it only involves Akira Shida or um, Dakota Kai. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, to, we're going to take a quick – just going to give you a quick blab about uh, the G1 right now in New Japan. Uh People who want a deep, in-depth look at what we're uh, looking at, uh, catch us every week. Uh, I think it's on Sundays now. We're doing Aftermath, where we're covering each of the, the previous uh, G1 shows we haven't covered. Right now, we're about we're just over one-third of the way through the tournament, and there's just a few interesting things I have to point out. Uh, first of all, we're seeing a few guys that we would never have guessed have such strong openings. Taichi, one of the most guys who is, he was guaranteed to lose almost every match he was in, all of a sudden has come up. Uh, really big, including a very strange victory over Minoru Suzuki. Who he's, like, he's leading with six points. Yeah, he's leading with six points. That's <laughs> that's crazy. He's you know uh, the other one, uh, Yoshihashi. And I'm glad to see this. I would never believe this had you told me. Usually Yoshihashi looks like he's mailing in everything he ever does for the last five years. And when I seen he was in the tournament, my first thought is, oh, I wish you'd put Hiromu in instead. This guy's going to be a fucking waste of my time. And yet, the last two matches, Yoshihashi came out and really put on an interesting presence and a good match. So maybe there's hope. Maybe something's happened. Because I know for years, people have wondered why Chaos never dumped him. (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) Aishi has always taken every chance whenever they faced each other to slap him around to try and wake him up. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe something's woke up because Yoshihashi finally is, is showing some good stuff. Sonata having a weak tournament surprised me so far. The first three matches of his have not gone very well. And Kazuchika Okada has got to be the big name of guys who has not done very well. I believe now in his fourth match in, he finally won. Uh, but wow, not, not, uh, he's the guy who you know, I picked as the winner of this whole thing, considered by many to be the greatest wrestler in the world for the last two years. Kind of weird to see Okada in such a thing. Um, last person I want to mention is Minoru Suzuki, who uh still looking actually pretty strong and uh could be a surprise dark horse winner here uh, i wouldn't have guessed it before this tournament but the way he's been performing uh he seems to actually be concentrating you know we've seen him in years past just go in there and screw around just slap guys around make guys look bad but not really go for the wins here he's going for the wins hard and uh good and last very sorry the last thing i'm going to say the mvp definitely up to now the wrestler whose every match that he's put on is the match you want to watch, even though I don't think he's won any of them, was Tomohiro Ishii. Holy crap, his matches have been great. You want to watch guys beating the snot out of each other, turn on an Ishii match. He is delivering this tournament. Uh, he hasn't got any wins, but he's given you probably the most interesting match on any of the nights that he's on. So fans, tune in every week uh, for Aftermath. For Until this tournament's over, we'll be discussing all the things that are going on and remember, that is one of many shows that we have on this network. We have WPOV Global, you're listening to now with special guest, the Lone Wolf Andy Anderson, joining us. You know what? He's joining us on Global here where we talk AEW and a bunch of other 
uh, non-WWE stuff, except for NXT UK, which we covered. Uh, he also joins us uh, quite frequently on WPOV Quarantine. Quarantine is our video show where we bring on wrestlers from around the world. We talk about interesting topics and we really get into the depth of stuff. We talk about what works, what you like, what it's all our point of views of the things we see. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't, but you know what? I'll guarantee if you like wrestling, you're going to come out of there enjoying the conversations we have because Absolutely. I've enjoyed them every week. Um, so there's quarantine. And then, also, WPOV Wrestling, the granddaddy of them all, the one that started it uh, every Saturday. You can catch that on these same networks. You can find us here on Facebook, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. TikTok. Podbean. Podbean. There we go. TuneIn Radio. I said TuneIn Radio first. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Just checking to make sure focus. Well, you know what, Elliot? Why don't you tell people if they want to write in and say, you know what, Elio, you got a terrible haircut and you got a terrible beard. Tom, you're just too damn handsome. Where do they no. write into? <laughs> no one's writing that, by the way. <laughs> so you can, write, you can write into us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV 1, and Twitter Wrestling POV. All right, and we're going to go take a quick break right now. When we come back, we are going into the depths of AEW Dynamite this week. And you know what? I didn't say those comments because secretly, deep down inside, I'm very jealous of Elio's hair and Andy's beard. Back in 30 seconds. <laughs> this is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we're back. Uh, we're going to get into some AEW Dynamite. We have, I'm not sure, huh, how would I rate this show? I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to say it wasn't great but it wasn't sludge. So we're going to get into it. Dynamite! Uh, first of all, uh, we open up with, uh, which I found, did, did anyone catch that as weird when the opening was Jim Ross, Taz, and Excalibur? It was weird that Tony Schiavone wasn't there, but then we find out later why, but they didn't really say in the beginning. And uh, I didn't, it took me like a, before that, I'm like, hey, where's Tony? So I guess I, I like, I'm going to keep saying it. Tony's one of the funner parts of the show. Um, JR tonight wasn't his crazy batshit self as he's been in the mm -hmm. last while. I can't think of anything stupid he said today. And Excalibur <laughs> wasn't his bizarro weirdo shit self. I don't know if you, you watch the show, right? Uh, I try to watch it. I try to watch it. Yep. Okay. Do you ever catch Excalibur's just like, he'll bring out this ridiculous shit where you go, huh? Like last week, the best was when he was talking about Eddie Kingston, that he was wearing the colors of, and he named some Japanese wrestler, some obscure Japanese wrestler. And JR just got pissed and he was just like, yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it's actually, see, I find and having Taz on commentary, I don't mind Taz on commentary. And I don't know if it's just with the chemistry with, with this particular group or what it is, but I, I find him to be almost kind of grounding. Yeah, you know, and he explains things. Even when it's his guys getting beat on, he just, yeah. he doesn't totally go like, I freaking hate you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll give him that. Yeah, he's good yeah. that way. Um, so the, the, I got to say, it was pretty even keel of announcing this week. Yes. You know, there was no craziness to talk about. No weird stuff we have to explain. No JR trying to make super young references that you know he knows no clue about. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... And that's how you can tell. And I don't know if I like that or not, because I'm not used to that. Do I like, it's like the old days when you watched wrestling, you liked it, but you never sat around and went, man, the way Bob Cottle talked, you know, it just, it was there. 
it's for something like that, especially for those that know Jim Ross and like, you know, in the older demographic population, to me, I would liken it as just as someone that's trying too hard to connect. Just yeah. be yourself, use your references. And if anything, it's like, you know, if you're going to talk about, you know, uh, Danny Hodge or Bill Watts, I, I just, I'm just as soon here with, you know, Bill Watts, you know, Google it kids. Yeah. I'd rather hear that than trying to be, you know, hip. Well, and it's kind of weird too, because it, and you can have too much of a good thing. I think of uh, Mauro Ronaldo, who I used to love when he's doing the exciting main event stuff. But when it's just the average match, I don't need his crazy hyperbole and, and things like that. I, I just yeah. find that distracting to me. But yeah. in the middle of like exciting matches when he's going, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you know. But those are those are almost like his high spots. You got to pick him. Yeah. Pick your, you know, and if you use him too much, meh. Yeah. But then again, I'm so old school. You know, you talk about old school, Andy. Do you know how old school I am? I enjoy the old ring announcer days where both wrestlers stood in the ring and they went on my left, blah, 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 blah. From in the, the red corner. Yes. I love that when wrestling used to do that. St. Louis wrestling was always doing that in the old TV shows. So, all right, let's get back into the show. All right, opening up now. First of all, I don't get it. I don't know why they gave us this match. I mean, I want this match, but I don't want it on the opening of Dynamite. This is a match I want to see on a on their big show, you know, yep. but Darby Allen and Ricky Starks <laughs> too soon guys. I think too soon. I would have saved it for next week. Their anniversary show. Well, even then I would still have held it off to like one of their special shows. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. What did you guys think? Andy, what did you think of Ricky Starks, Darby Allen? Uh, I thought it was an okay match. I, uh, I get into my whole thing about AEW and my thoughts. I mean, we go back to the old school stuff. Um, but as far as just the general sense, kind of what you said, and I'm glad you said it because, you know, and, and, you, and you pay way more attention to it than I do, but just the fact that I'm kind of like, why, why am I getting this now? Like, I, I understand they're building up for it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why is this happening now? Like, I mean, and I, obviously they, they could still carry on and, yeah. you know, next week they come back and, and uh, Ricky Stars can get some heat back or something like that. But it just surprised me to have, that kind of match, like you said, just, oh, here's our opening match on Dynamite. Well, how long have they built up the, the thing between these two? And they made us sound like this was going to be an important match. But at the end of this, you got the feeling that this match was secondary to them teaming up with their respective partners for the next big event. Yes. I don't get that. It should be the other way around, I would think. I would rather have the three guys fight each other on that event working up later to finally Ricky Starks. Because, I mean, Ricky yep. Starks has been coming up for weeks, painting himself up like Darby Allen, attacking yeah. Darby Allen. Psychological warfare and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then even today's thing, Darby gets a clean win, a totally clean win, and no retaliation, no nothing yep. at the end of this match. It was just like it felt like a, an end. And one, and one thing I want to say, and, and I know uh, fans may uh, find this weird, I don't like Ricky Starks calling his uh, move Rochambeau. I mean, that's a punch in the balls. That's what that is. It isn't the move what he calls it. You give somebody a Rochambeau, you guys take turns punching each other in the dick till one of you passes out. That's Rochambeau. I saw you talk about it. It's funny because to me, and I, and I, so two quick facts. Yeah. I love Scooby-Doo. I always have it. It's my favorite, <laughs> my favorite cartoon. And I have two little girls, and they, they've got into Scooby-Doo. And so there's one, I forget what it's, it's like Scooby-Doo in the Big Top Circus or whatever. And in it, there's, it's about the circus, and the strongman is from Quebec. And his name is, <laughs> and, and his name is Archambault. Archambault. 
<laughs> and so when I heard it, that's the first thing. And I mean, and, it, and if you if you watch it, and if you're a fan of accents and stuff, yeah. it, it is the stereotypical. Hey, this is the Archambault. I was strongest man in the Quebec. It is good to do the business. Huh? So anytime I hear, yeah, you know that finish, that's what I think of is Archambault. Archambault. Now me, I go for the the uh, South Park where that's they were literally taking turns punching each other in the balls, and whoever got up last won Rochambeau. So yeah, I guess it's a special thing that Ricky Starks is rooting for everybody. Don't let Andy's girls get disappointed in you, Ricky. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just thought this. What did you think, uh, Elio? What did you think of this match? Hey, uh, I thought it was an okay match. I just thought it was truly to have this. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. I thought they were gonna. They should build it up a bit more. Way longer, like like what you said, have it on the, like next preview, but next preview is in November. Well, why couldn't have they had this match and have a shit ending? Yeah. Where it was very un, 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 you know, nobody was satisfied with it. Well, that's what I thought they were going to do when Brian Cage came out, and then Will Hobbs uh, stopped him. Yeah, but yeah. then, and when that happened, that told you that the tag team match is more important. Yeah, because the partner saved. You know, I don't get I, it. I would have been okay too, even for a clean win for Ricky Starks after mm-hmm. that uh, spear. Yes. That, wow, that, that was that, a pretty off the road. That was yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And I think that would have been an awesome thing. I mean, you know, and again, we don't know what they're what they're doing, what they're building up to, but to me like mm-hmm. that would have been I would have thought that would have been like a like a legit okay, here's a here's a good solid finish. Ricky Starks. I mean, normally you know, you want the heel to kind of cheat to win, but this could be mm-hmm. one where hey, he was just a better man on this day. And and get also props say to Darby Allen when um in the very beginning when he went for the spears and Darby caught him in some kind of like lock and pulled him down. Yeah. That was pretty that's cool. Good timing. Good timing. Yeah. That's really, that is, yeah. I was actually going to tell you of a move like that I saw, but it's a wrestler we're not allowed to ever talk about on the show. So I saw him uh, do, somebody came running at him and he pulled him into a, a cross face out of nowhere. And it was like, oh, okay, oh a cross face, cool. you say? Was it like a crippling cross face? I would say almost that. It could cripple quite good many people. Okay, yeah. uh, moving on. Uh, Okay, uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Cody. <laughs> Cody looking very serious. Uh, wow, he's got the blackest hair ever. That's a point <laughs> <that's laughs> the dye job he's got going on. There. I don't know what to think about this. From one extreme to the <laughs> other. Yeah, hey. Uh, he also has this right now, this eye thing where he's just like super intense looking. Um, I laughed. I, I, it did get me at first. It was so funny when he said no. As executive producer of this show, blah, 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 I say no. And he started walking away. And I was like, Huh? What? What? I did okay. the same thing. I'm like, what? And then when he turned around and did that, oh, I saw. Now that was cool. All that was good. Yeah. But this whole schmoz that happened after this, this was, was terrible. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Went too long. Was too unrealistic. Uh, had such a bunch of dumb shit happening. Um, okay, let's just get into the whole thing. You know, we've got uh, just as I don't get it too. You're mad, okay? Brody Lee is mad. He's so mad at Cody. Why is he mad? Uh, he beat him in three minutes and now he runs away from him. So I'm not sure why he's mad, but he's mad. So he comes tearing into the ring. He doesn't lift his hands up or anything. He walks into a bunch of punches. Yeah, he, <laughs> okay. couldn't have done that. he couldn't have done that last week. Yeah. So, okay. So this, they, they have the pull apart. All these guys are rushing in. All the dark odor comes running in and uh, <laughs> they, uh, Okay, this is a thing too, right? If if you are a, a dedicated acolyte to the dark to Brody Lee, 
why wouldn't you guys try and grab Cody? Because then you could maybe slap him around a bit. You really want to grab your crazy-ass leader who slaps guys around anyways? Uh, that was kind of dumb. Okay. Then Brandy, who, let's face it, Brandy's beautiful. She's uh, charismatic. She is shit as a wrestler. And uh, what she did off the top rope was ridiculous. I mean, uh, I'm sure Elio could have performed that move a little more effectively. <laughs> um it looked bad. It looked so bad when she did that ginger little flip between the guys, and they all caught her, and then all fell down like a bunch of cards. You know what? I got up to go into the kitchen, so I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> it was bad. And then, I don't, okay, who the hell was Nyla Rose reaches over and starts beating the crap out of some redhead? Who is the girl? Kylie Kylan King. Like I said. She's, 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 she's on AEW Dark. That's why no one knows. So uh, why in the hell is Nyla Rose given time to beat on her? To help set up for when she comes up for a match. and That girl ain't coming up for no match, dude. That's why no one knows who it is. Because yeah. you, only, you only know if you watch AEW Dark, which I do not. Let's, let's give the benefit of the doubt and let's say Andy's right. Let's say maybe they're going to bring her up. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it still seemed weird with all of the current women on the, the thing there. And where was Sheeta? I was Sheeta's usually the first one to run out there to help people. Uh, the, the the women's champion is inconspicuous by not being there, so I was like, what the hell? Um, then this part, okay, this is like how weird things happen. Didn't we just not discuss with on our last episode of quarantine with, when Scotty Mack was on? Did he not mention about uh, Luther being from Alberta? Yep. And then all of a sudden, Luther reaches over. Uh, oh, no, that was later. Sorry. No, that's, too that's, far. Later. that's later. Let's that's get later. that, let's that's get that later. Wrong schmoz. Yeah. Wrong schmoz. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's get back to this schmoz. So this went on extremely long. And I don't blame you going to the kitchen or whatever because <laughs> nothing happened. They, you knew nothing was going to happen. Yeah. And, and uh, it was just dumb. I don't know why it was stupid. Brandy so came out. As soon as I saw Brandy really come out, I'm like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. And like they break it up, and then he goes back at it again, and it starts all over again. It's like a never-ending segment there. Now, now that really brought down the whole feeling and the pace of the show. Yep. And then things get even more confusing uh, for me, anyways. Uh, we cut to the back where we have FTR being interviewed by Tony. Okay. Uh, so as they're talking, all of a sudden Nick Jackson walks in and super kicks Tony <laughs> in the face, and then just basically oh. is like, oh, oh, whatever. Why? And then. Here's where I get so confused because they've been presenting FTR as these cheating dicks, which they did later on in the show. But at this moment, all of a sudden their face is going, Hey, we're right here. You know, they're standing up to the young bucks. Let's go. You want it? We're right here. Come on, man. You don't have to do this to refs, you know? And he, they just walk away. And I'm thinking, okay, I thought these guys were supposed to be the bad guys, but then they become bad guys again later. So I don't know. I really hope I can't see Andy. Do you really think you can salvage that to make sense later? It's a tough, no, tricky one. I it's I think to me that's it's the you're deciding when you're gonna have black and white heels and baby faces, when you're gonna go with shades of gray, and you're gonna cheer for the young bucks because you cheer for the young bucks, you're gonna cheer for FTR because you cheer for FTR. Mm -hmm. So at this moment we have to suspend our heel versus baby face beliefs and just go with, oh, well, there is that super kick. Maybe you found that funny and entertaining. So ha ha. And then it's like, okay, well, like you said, but well, then all of a sudden, like, FTR is like, we're right here. And it's like, 
like you're right like that that was like a total baby face move but i guess if <laughs> yeah. i'm a fan of the young bucks then maybe the young bucks are being disrespectful and going you know kind of eh, screw you or f you whatever and then yeah. you know if you're a fan of ftr you're going oh well you know those guys you know they're running scared blah 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 blah, blah whatever so uh, total total question here to the fan and you andy after seeing the last couple of weeks of the stuff the Young Bucks have doing, do they seem like tough guys now? No. Honestly. Yeah, they no, still I, don't. That's I, the thing. But you know what? And, and maybe, I don't know, because in, in classic baby face to heel um, happenings, they're, they're growing facial hair, their hair is getting mm-hmm. darker. Maybe they're sharing the bottle with Cody Rhodes. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't, Cody used that whole bottle. You got to buy your own. <laughs> <laughs> although, I, although, and this is more of a reference for for you that you know, than maybe yeah. a lot of our viewers won't get. But uh, you said that was Nick Jackson that, that came out. Yeah, just with the beard and the long hair. I'm like, wow, like Gabriel actually made the show. <laughs> I thought it was him for one second. I was like, what? For no, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, to, to me, I don't see it as, as, as uh, tough guys. I, if, if you're going to try and look at it for a heel perspective, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go more the route of like the, the cheap shot artists. They're coming okay. around. They're, you know, sus- you know they're, they're giving the kicks to unsuspecting people that aren't trained professionals, that aren't wrestlers. Okay. So that's... I, I guess for me, the reason I thought maybe they were going for the tough guy thing was uh, the other week when they like hit the referee and then went out and threw the money at Tony Khan, that seemed like the ultimate tough guy thing. Like, yeah, see, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't see that as tough guy. I saw that okay. as cheap, cheap, like, okay, you know, like cheap dick kind of move. Where it's like, oh, I didn't see it as tough guy. I saw them pretending they were tough guys. That's yeah, what well, I saw. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, I, yeah. in, in my head, I don't even look at it as tough guy. I'm just looking yeah. at it as like cheap heel. And it's like, yeah, we did it. We know you're gonna, you know, you're gonna find us here. That would be that would be like a like a Ric Flair, you know, back in the day doing something. Look. Hey, I'm going to do this. I know it's going to cost me 10 grand. You know, I make 10 grand, you know, in one night, whereas you're going to make it like a year kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess I see that. And I'm just not sure then, is that what the young bucks want? They want to be chicken shit heels now? Cause that's kind of what they're more looking like than they are tough guy heels or right. angry heels. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so then we get back to, uh, ooh, okay. We get it now to the FTR challenge, the 20 minute, Brush with glory, greatness, whatever. All right, so FDR comes out. Can Sorry. we step back? Do you yeah. want to make mention, though, of, I don't know, because it was, I mean, obviously, it, yeah. I'd like to say it happened for a reason, but uh, as they were walking out, wasn't there, oh, there was a, yes. a Sean Spears appearance? I, you know what? I, I, it's so funny because I wanted to gloat about that. Uh, I have picked many times between us before you joined in on us about how the former – forming of the horsemen and i said one of them is going to be sean spears who's going to be hanging out with ftr everyone else in the group was like no never sean's once more i'm thinking this is proving that sean spears is is becoming more and more till they match him up with ftr yeah. i mean he's, he's a tully guy right like yeah is was i don't know but yeah that would make sense he, to me he still is and i believe on dark which we don't watch uh i know elio sometimes watches i guess he's been defeated in dark now uh they have him on a win streak using Tully's old glove. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. So yeah, uh, I, I hope you're right. Well, my fourth prediction is the one that'll bring it together, and that is finally when all this shit settles between Adam Page and Kenny Omega, that Kenny Omega emerges as the leader of the horsemen. Ooh. That was my pick. So who knows? Who knows? But today, guys, I am going to also make a giant, bold prediction for next week, Uh-oh. which which nobody, I think, will see coming maybe. But if you guys think about it, you're going to go, oh, 
maybe I just don't have much of a life because I think too much. But <laughs> all right, let's get into this match. Um, wow, this was actually a very good match. And I think if this match hadn't been on there, I would really look lowly on this episode. But this was some really good stuff. Kazarian and uh, here's the funny part, though. Kazarian and Scorpio, okay? They're a good team. Yep. But we don't want them as a team. We've seen them individually. They're, they should be presented as great individual wrestlers. Um, I don't think anybody, even them, want to be teaming really anymore. You know, it, it's, it's obvious that they, they have some great – Kazarian, for a guy his age, man, he is up the yeah. game in the last year. And Scorpio Sky is, is like uh, – he's been around for 20 years, but only has gotten the national spotlight in the last year. And, man, he's taken advantage of it. You know, when you can outshine Christopher Daniels to the point where – when it says SCU, you'd rather see those two than have Daniels in there. That's a yeah, big yeah. thing because for years, Daniels has been my go-to guy. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Got to say, though, FTR, this was one of their best matches I've seen them put on in a while, too. It was. Uh, a lot of heel stuff going on here with them. A lot of <laughs> Tully helping them, uh, faking that Christopher Daniels got involved. Yeah. But then they pull out that stuff where they do that great cutting off in the corner shit where one of them go running and slide over and cut off the corner and uh, and lots of combo stuff between both teams. I just, I thought this was a very, very good match. And there was times at the end of this match where even I was like, holy shit, is SCU going to actually beat these guys in their first tag? Like their, their first, first defense. defense. They're gonna win. Yeah. Was like, I, was, I was thinking that too. Uh, like yeah. during the match, uh, every time SCU got the near fall, I'm like, whoa. And props to Kazarian. Did you see the one move where uh, he had one of them in a, a headlock and the other guy tagged in and they end up doing a combo uh, pin where he had, he pulled one of them into a suplex while he had the other one bridged and he had both of their shoulders down and he was over them. And somebody's like, Oh, I almost got two for one there. <laughs> that looked pretty good. Uh, pretty good match. Bit of a crappy ending, but I guess we had to like have that. Right. Because it's too soon for FTR to, I think it would really derail them if they were to lose right now. Well, if they're to lose, but I think kind of everything you said kind of encompasses like the greatness of the match because of all the tag team work, the combo work, the, the, the heel work. Um, one to say, like, you know, talking about SCU, uh, why they're still a team. I think this match helps show that mm -hmm. because, you know, to put these guys into that position was a, you know, perfect perfect way to demonstrate the tag team awesomeness of FTR. I mean, and you know, if you're going to beat a great team, you are, you're a greater team. And to the finish, uh, for some of the kind of the cheap heelish stuff, why not? Why not yeah. get the cheap, easy heel route to go? Yep. Uh, one thing I think that uh, kind of annoys me in the fact though, is the way AEW has treated uh, SCO over the last year. I mean, they win the belts last year as the first champions. Then right after they lose the belts, they've been relegated uh, pretty much to dark. They've not been in the top five tag teams at all the entire year. Uh, they've been tearing it up every time they get a chance to be shown, but they're never really given a chance to be shown. And so, uh, and even, you know, even the kind of way FTR picked them as if they were the joke team, you know, you notice that how they kind of, like, ah, I see you, these guys, these Southern California idiots will get our first chance at this. So, I like the fact that they got a chance to shine here, but I think they deserve more of a chance to shine. If you're not going to let them shine as a team, then, then let them go singles because each of these guys has, has really upped their singles game. You know, uh, Frankie Kazarian, especially in the last month has been like, Whoa, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
here's something interesting. And I know as a veteran, you like this sort of stuff. And I do too. I appreciate this. Uh, Chris Jericho giving young guys the rub. Because that's basically what he's been doing the last little while. <clears throat> you got something to you say know, on this one. I am actually so glad you brought that up. Because this being the first time I was going to get kind of talk about AEW, this mm-hmm. is something that's been on my mind for a while. And I, I almost, uh, I almost uh, want to disagree with you. Okay, go ahead. Okay, now I understand what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I understand what you're saying and how it's being perceived. To me... What how how it comes across to me is I see Chris Jericho being okay. I'm Chris Jericho. I'm going to give the rub. Absolutely, and I'm not knocking. I mean, I, I I'm a big Chris Jericho fan. I have been for forever. So this is nothing against Chris Jericho per se. But to me, what I see is when he says, "Okay, I'm going to give somebody the rub." giving them one match with Chris Jericho. And even if you're going to give them 40% of the match or whatever, they can have a good showing. Nowadays to me, I don't see that as really giving a rub. Okay. It's it's a match. It's an opportunity to wrestle Chris Jericho on national TV, Mm -hmm. but by next week, meh. I mean, and I'll say even the same thing about orange Cassidy and that lasted longer. Uh, you know, he, he got in the, the very short program with Orange Cassidy and it got done. And in the, maybe in that moment, he had a bit of a rub being associated with Chris Jericho. But, you know, and we kind of even talked about earlier with, uh, with the best friends thing. It's like, okay, well, is Orange Cassidy already kind of been relegated back to like mid car? Like mm-hmm. he had that moment, but I don't see this having elevated, really having elevated him, at least okay. not in a long-term sense. Mm-hmm. If if this was being done and I'm, and I was, and I was trying to think of examples for you know, like maybe like 15, 20 years ago and using like WWE as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, if they, if they were, if it was a longer term program and I understand that in today's society, that's not really going to happen. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem. If there's more time, more story, more investment, more emotion into the character, into the the ups and downs of Isaiah Cassidy, or yeah, because it's Isaiah yeah. Cassidy and Orange yeah. Cassidy. Yeah, um, weird, eh? They're not yeah. brothers. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're brothers, but they're not brothers. <laughs> From other mothers, anyways. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like that investment isn't there where it's like, okay, like man, like, you know, Isaiah Cassidy went like toe to toe with Jericho and all this stuff here. And, you know, he, he battled through, he got knocked down, he got back up, he kept going, he got going. And now it's, you know, now he's on a, on a higher level than when he started off. Right. But to me, it's like Orange Cassidy. And I don't really see, and, and I'll admit, I'm not an Orange Cassidy yep. fan. I, I, I get it. I don't get it. I get it mm-hmm. as far as the gimmick goes. But, you know, I, I would still be able to say, oh, yeah, no, I think he's in a better position now than he was before. But I don't see it. Same thing, Isaiah Cassidy. It's like he got the, the one match. Nah. Same thing with pineapple Pete or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and granted that was a squash. Yeah. But you know, if anyone's going to say to me, it's like, Oh, well, yeah, he got a little rub being with Jericho. No, no, he didn't. Cause what's, what's the difference between pineapple Pete and enhancement talent, Bob? Yeah. Okay. Nothing really. So it's, I would, I would, to me, the guys in inner circle, mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara, those guys, 
they're getting more of a rub with the long-term association mm -hmm. than somebody that's going to get, well, oh, we got one match on national TV. Okay. I, um, my, my counter to that is, is um, two things. Okay. I do think that Orange Cassidy has been thrown in a higher spotlight than fans saw him before. Uh, it may not be upper echelon, and it's definitely he's at the point where he has to now it's him sink or swim. But I think he's been thrust in a position he had not been in before. I think okay. he, his uh, two wins over Jericho actually legitimized him to, to a lot of people who are just AEW fans who have only seen this product. Right. And all of a sudden they see him as a legitimate possible okay. top mid-carder. Okay? Okay. Um, yes, he can swim, sink quite easily, but I've noticed he's been wrestling quite regularly now, and he's upping more and more into his repertoire. He's adding more things and phasing out some of the ridiculous schlocky shit that was yeah, yeah, just yeah. pure I'll indie give you, Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, yeah. And I think that uh, that that is, I think, a clear elevation from Chris Jericho. I think he, had he not had that series of things, he still would have been presented as a joke that no one else would have taken. And I don't think, well, he, some people, older people may look at him as a joke. I think there are people who are invested in him in a bit. I mean, he has a match coming up right after this that, uh, once again, he, he performed rather well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, as for the Isaiah Cassidy thing, I hearken it to, to when Ric Flair... Uh, fought Road Warrior Hawk, or when Ric Flair fought Ricky Morton. Right. They were tag team guys who uh, you saw them as interchangeable in the thing. They had personalities, but they didn't quite stick out as individuals. But being in that match with Flair and coming out of it the way they did, you kind of looked at Ricky Morton a little bit more. And you looked at Road Warrior Hawk as a little bit more. And I think, because I'll be honest with you, when I saw these two guys, and if I thought who, who would get the, the match with Jericho, I would have said Mark Quinn, okay? Right, he seems right. to have more personality. He seems to have more talent. Uh, I always look at Cassidy as basically the, you know, the second guy back in the tag team. There's always one guy who's never as flashy. <laughs> I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. There, yeah there's always yeah. the one guy who, who's kind of the blank slate in a lot of teams. And for me, Isaiah Cassie just did not have a lot of personality. And I didn't get much from him. But now after this match, I can see a lot of potential in him. After the things he did in this match, I look at him in a better vein now. Now I can say he's got that super flashy partner, but he's a super talented guy beside the super flashy guy, not just the boring setup guy. Right. He's now become the equal. And I think that's how the rub came off there. And I think that's what Chris, that, I think Chris Jericho is valuable in that way is because let's face it. He's Chris fucking Jericho, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? yep. And if you can yep. put up a good show, I mean, even I, you, you know what? We laugh about it. But we still talk about Pineapple Pete because he got in a match with Chris Jericho. doesn't matter he got squashed. We're always going to remember that he's a guy who forced Jericho's hand and Jericho gave him the match. So that's a kind of a rub in a way because I'll guarantee you that Pineapple Pete, his bookings have gone 10 times up in the indies outside mm -hmm. of AEW just because of that thing with... There are people who never knew him, and now he's going to be showing up on cards and signing autographs, dude. And you know that just because national television, he got this funny shout out. That's kind of how it works. If you can get somebody's attention, even if you lose on yeah, national yeah. television, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I, but I, 
you know, and I'm, I'm respecting overall what you're yeah. saying. I mean, we could keep going back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, though, just because we didn't forget Pineapple Pete and we bring him up, mm-hmm. see, to me, I don't consider that a rub. No, okay. No, I and don't kind of either, but it does elevate him in a little bit. It, 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 it can bring him into a conversation. It can give him, it can give him that moment because a lot of you know, professional wrestling, it's that, you know, nowadays is getting those moments or whatever. The, whatever. So to that, I, I would agree to. But to say to give him a rub... Yeah, I wouldn't say Pineapple Pete got a rub. I'll take that back. You're right. I, I was stretching it with that one. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do say that I do believe Orange Cassidy got a rub. Okay. But I, 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 and, and just yeah. not to say that I'm going to agree or disagree, but mm-hmm. I do like the analogies of using like with, with Flair, with Hawk, and, uh, and Ricky Martin. So. Okay. So obviously I've read a lot of books. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. And then this is where I'm getting close. I'm, I'm trying to think of when I'm going to unleash it. Okay, I'll unleash it then. First of all, let's go into Orange Cassidy versus 10. Um, Wait, you know what you, you going to bring up uh, the ending of the Jericho match with the third? Oh, yeah. Go back to that because that, that was the other schmoz. Oh, sorry. Which one was it? I see Cassidy and Jericho. That was, and Luther. The, the ending was, was when... Oh, Luther yeah. Right showed. here. Sorry. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unleash. So... The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I find it, I, it's so funny that we were just talking about Luther. And then all of a sudden he's on national television <laughs> right? punching Chris Jericho. Um, I gotta say his partner looks tiny. <laughs> Holy girl, that El Serpico or whatever. I don't. See, I don't see much of a chance of these two guys against Hager and uh, and uh, Jericho next week. But you know what? That's how's that? I, you gotta say hundred percent credit to Chris Jericho for looking after his friends because the only reason that uh, absolutely that Luther's there is because it's his thirtieth anniversary and he wants to highlight a guy who was with him in the beginning and yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool I, uh, I i would think i would and it would mean if we were hang on let me formulate this yeah i would think that and maybe he's saving this for i think i read the once maybe they were saying this for retirement but mm-hmm. if the pandemic wasn't going on i think what would have been better which of course probably wouldn't happen because if the pandemic was happening he's still be working for wwe would be like if lance storm came in Mm-hmm. And they did like a Lance versus Chris match for the 30th. Although I think I read once that that, that was kind of like his ideal uh, retirement, retirement match. match. Yeah. So, but, okay. but otherwise, yeah. But to see like, it's like, okay, the 30th anniversary. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it makes zero sense why Luther, who's supposed to be like, they're, they're supposed to be heels too, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're on dark. So Elio. <laughs> yeah. They, they are, well, they, are I, they I, Like I said, I don't know. I don't watch dark all the time. I think they're heels. They yeah, look I, like heels. I, I thought. Oh, he so was too. with the Nightmare Collection. Yeah, and weren't they heels? They were yeah, heels. They were, yeah, they, they were, were heels. Something. Yeah. So I mean, you know, to make, like to be a casual fan, like to me, like that would make yeah. like zero sense. But if you know, okay, you know the the connection, then it's like, all right. Okay. Uh, it yeah, you know, at least I liked how it started. It was a much more realistic fight between two guys for no reason. Yeah. You know, like a, a frustrated Jericho taking a swing at a guy who's already kind of mentally unstable as his character is. <laughs> That made sense. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, that was a bad schmoz. <laughs> uh, not as bad as the last one. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, they didn't really look all that strong though, did they? I mean, I did not at all get the sense that Luther and his little buddy were going to have any kind of chance against these guys. But, um, and it's sort of funny because uh, I love how 
Okay, as a longtime veteran of old school wrestling, don't you just love how no matter what happens in a match, all Jericho has to do is turn around and give you an elbow and it's over? <laughs> Judas effect elbow is just like, boom. And the weird, weirdest thing is the young fans are buying it. I mean, people are loving it. They people singing his song, going, it's like I said, the I'm guys singing the his rocks. song. I, I keep telling you, I sing his song every week. <laughs> That's Leo, I would pay so much money to not hear you sing. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to not watching that video. I'll just play it on that channel, on the guitar. Um, I didn't even want to talk about Kip Sabian and Myro. Um, <laughs> what a waste of the former Rusev. That, that was bad. We And it's funny, while you were, when you were rebooting there, that's what uh, Elio and I were talking about. And I got like, and I was like, I, I love Rusev, Miro, whatever yeah. you want to, you want to call him. I love, like I've, from day one, I've loved the character. I love the evolution of the character, like mm -hmm. his personality uh, on camera, off camera, whatever I think is, is, is great. Mm -hmm. I just totally got lost on this best man. I'm like, that's how you're getting brought in. Yeah, I mean, look at that. You had Brian Cage come in and disrupt a big main event battle royal takes it first match it comes out and all that stuff as a monster still wins a thing you have lance archer running in kicking the crap out of people then you have miro who's bigger than these guys is probably more talented and probably a bit, oh, way better wrestler walk out and say i'm the best friend of this guy who <laughs> who by the way isn't even a main eventer he's a guy who's been mostly on dark who has yeah. barely been on a dynamite but you're gonna you're the best man to this dude yeah, no, I, that's I, just I, dumb. That's just dumb. I, I'm, I'm really hoping there's going to be a, like a really good payoff for this. I hope so. There has to be a, I mean, there has to be. Yeah. Cause it, it yeah. Like you said, I mean, and, and you think of where he's come from and, and the opposition and his history, like you said, I mean, he could step, he could step into any main event thing and it's yeah. totally believe, like I said, to me, I would buy into that more than a Brian Cage thing or a Lance Archer. Yeah. Thing. Well, here's the thing. You've got a main event guy. Okay, sorry, we've got three guys here, right? We got Brian Cage. Oh, he was the main event guy in Impact. Oh, a few fans know that. Oh, you got Lance Archer. He was a main event guy. Well, no, he wasn't even a main event guy, but he was a mid-carder in New Japan. Okay, a few more people know that. Okay, we got a guy from WWE. Let's put him in a nowhere. Who's had major started. matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. Whose merch is sold out. Who He rode a fucking tank. He <laughs> <Yeah>. over-delivered <laughs> onto what Vince McMahon <laughs> thought he would do. And we're going to have him in a vignette playing video games. Yeah. Oh. Although Save I did touch. laugh at the blue balls joke. The blue ball joke is funny. <laughs> don't forget two blue balls. I got my blue ball. Okay, but yeah, I really don't like it. And I feel always bad for... Um, uh, Penelope Ford, when Kip Sabin is going on on, on how Miro's the best looking man in the world, blah, blah, blah. And you just see Penelope Ford just sitting there going, I'm marrying you, asshole. Why are you thinking that? <laughs> Maybe, is that the thing? Is she going to run off with, with Miro and that's going to be the story? Uh, like, please, no. Yeah. yeah, you could almost see that coming, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't get that, but... So yeah, they do their sing. Who I don't know who the creepy dude was. Was he supposed to be somebody the creepy dude that some, was beside was he some, some gamer? Some, some gamer or something? Yeah, don't know. Too old yeah. for games, guys. No, 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 not, not, we're not the demographic. Yeah, we are definitely not the demo guys here. Like I, I think that's we need a shirt like that. We're not the demographic, or I'm not the demo guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am the demo fool. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. That was a weird schmoz. I'm not get, unleashing my prediction yet. It's coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Orange Cassidy 
uh, against number 10, which is all, already a shitty name. Um, this poor guy, everyone knows who he is. They talk about him through the whole thing, but he just yep. gets to be referred as 10. Um, doesn't it find it just extremely bizarre that you have, say, like the inner circle? You got five or six guys, and they're a pretty deadly group. Then you got Dark Order, where you've got 10 dudes, all, and they're like almost a joke. Like, none of those 10 guys are threatening, even when they're all together, unless Brody Lee's driving them. Like, quality <laughs> over quantity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we still have them in the book, right? Yeah, they're still in the book. The Dark Order is still in the book. They're, they're like the they're Are like the Dark Order. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, even though the minions were somewhat cool. Um, <laughs> That's true. A lot, more a lot more entertaining. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, once again, I thought Orange Cassidy uh, had an okay showing in this. I thought it was a little too quick, though. I thought he won extremely quick for his comeback, which surprised me. Uh, he does have a really cool-looking orange punch. <laughs> what a terrible name for that thing but orange. the orange punch does look cool um like i said though i don't know did you for one second think 10 was gonna win no no and uh did it make orange cassidy look stronger just a tiny bit not enough he's gonna be careful if he doesn't start showing something here all the stuff he got from jericho is just gonna be out the corner you know he's just gonna be totally relegated to the guy walking around behind best friends exactly yeah. um Oh, I think I missed that part. Uh, I wanted to quickly point out when uh, the best friends were in the back and FTR came in and was doing their little slap talking and stuff oh, like that. They did it again. Mocking them. And then uh, as they were kind of turning away, the best friends acted like they were going to jump them and both of them and just like turn. Yeah. yeah. And then it was funny because then uh, Cassidy grabs the mic and goes, weenies. <laughs> and it was like, what a nice flip. Because in that moment, it made it work for a second. For one for second, second. Yeah. it made best friends seem like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and a chink in the armor of FTR. Yeah, there's there enough respect there that they were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was effective. Okay, now this is where things are gonna get crazy, guys. Okay, uh -oh. totally crazy. This is where this just popped in my head as watching this. Um, I make these crazy predictions. Some of them happened here on AEW, like out of nowhere. I made them a week or a couple weeks where there's been no real idea and then it pops up this is my thing so chris jericho is sitting around with all his buddies and in comes uh, mjf and wardlow he's got a bunch of jackets has he gives them out they're doing the same blowing the smoke up each other's ass yeah. sort of deal and yeah. weapons um, tracking the sound <laughs> of course you do um and i'm for sure they'll be on sale probably on AEW tonight if you probably look you'll probably be able to get one for like 80 bucks <laughs> what do you but, want for uh, AEW? Yeah, and you'll probably find the FTR jacket there, too. They're kind of old, though. I mean, in the 80s, those look cool, but <laughs> yeah. not so much these days. Um, okay, right. are you guys ready for this crazy-ass prediction I'm not going to make? Okay. I'm looking at Chris Jericho. It's coming up next year, Next week is his 30th year, right? I'm looking at him and MJF arguing and going on, but not really, kind of blowing smoke up each other. MJF saying, hmm you know, maybe I should join a gang or something like that. And then we have this whole kind of, do you want to join? Do you want me to join? Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what my prediction is going to be, guys? Says, Next week, the inner circle turns on Chris Jericho, Jericho, takes in MJF and Chris Jericho, who the fans love anyways, singing his song and blah, blah. And it's his 30th year, time to be the good guy. That's my prediction, is that a whole circle here, MJF takes over the inner circle Jericho's out and starts feuding and battling to as one of the good guys. I like it. I don't know if it'll happen, but it just in my head, it was like, 
that would make the most sense of all the things they've led up to. But this is wrestling. Sense doesn't always make. <laughs> no, no. I, it's, it's funny because, I mean, you know, as you're saying, you're, you're a wild prediction, and I'm wondering where this is going to come. And even before you actually said it, as you started to say it, uh-huh. it was like, like, I, like watching it, it the, the thought didn't really cross my mind. But mm-hmm. as, you, as you were saying it and laying it out, and my, I was like, yep, like they're going to do like a double turn. And or, well, I guess it wouldn't be a double turn, but just that, that MJF would join. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, that totally, and it totally makes sense. But I have something, hold on, hold on. Yeah. But what about all that uh, stuff that was going on with MJF and Wardlow where uh, he was getting mad at, he got mad at Wardlow, he got in his face. It'll still get, drag on a little bit. Wardlow and MJF is definitely something you keep in your pocket for a little ways down the line. Uh, who knows? Maybe he ends up being the one that maybe Jericho lures him off or frees him from his contract or he ends up joining because Jericho's going to need firepower to fight the inner well, circle. And, and, and just, just as you were saying this, as you started to say to me, that would be the thing. Maybe that's part, part of what the double or a double turn is that in taking the inner circle, he, he dumps, Wardlow. he gets, he dumps Wardlow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that I could see that working and let's face it. Jericho's a great fit right now to be uh, a face. I mean, fans do love him. Uh, just the singing along and the whole thing coming out. He doesn't even have to tweak himself. He can be the cool veteran with the, the baseball bat and whatever. So, well, like this, it's just now his opponents are his focus is on you know guys that you want to see get beat. Yeah, and I mean, really, like from a baby face way, like I don't like to me, he's got more charisma than than Moxley. Like, I meaning he doesn't need the belt, and he's a totally different baby face than Cody. So, like, because. Who else is there? There is no other kind of baby face like Jericho. No. And here's a cool thing, too. I know people would then point out to my theory and say, well, why didn't Sammy Guevara not get a jacket? And they were very pointed about that. Red herring. To make uh, surprise. Yes. yes. <laughs> Guevara is going to be involved in something. And no, it yeah. isn't. It was to throw everyone off. I... Yeah, and as a matter of fact, it's Guevara who probably does the first initial attack because wasn't him in the, what were they, lovers or something? Yeah, whatever. These are stupid crap, yeah. Mm-hmm. The sex so, gods. The sex gods. And besides, does anyone really think that Chris Jericho and uh, Jake Hager are really going to make any kind of concentrated run in the tag team division? No. No, that seems like a waste to me, to be <laughs> honest. So yeah, that's my well, prediction. And, and even that is like, okay, but if, if, you've, if you've got the, uh, oh crap, what's the tag team's name? Uh, the, the champions? No, no, in inner circle. The oh, um, they, I, now they just call them. They don't call them. The oh, powerful. They Santana don't call them that Ortiz. anymore. It's yeah. just Santana Ortiz now. I mean, and you know, like, that goes back to the whole thing. It's like you've got these guys that are badass tag team. Why are you Why forming you... a tag team when you've already got a tag team? To exactly. Uh... And let's talk about proud and powerful. I mean, if that's your name, shouldn't you have a rainbow flag? I mean, it seems a wasted name on two Hispanic guys. I'm sorry. I don't think anyone ever liked it, though, because they really didn't. They tried pushing it, but no one seemed to gravitate towards using it. So yeah. I think it's gone the way of the wayside. Um, next, we get in uh, Britt Baker against Red Velvet. When you're named after a cake filling, um, <laughs> not sure you're going to get very far in a, in a thing. Um, <clears throat> there was something that really annoyed me about Red Velvet. and I, Did you watch this match closely, Andy? Not closely, no. Okay. Um, Inexperienced wrestlers have this tendency of sometimes getting ahead of the moves. Yeah. And they'll like throw their hand or arm or a body part 
conveniently into the other person to to be able to lock on moves and whatnot right she kept telegraphing off this back uh thing with her arms back behind her like way ahead so many times and Britt baker would just wrap it around and use the thing and it, it was like no reason for it to actually be done naturally yeah, so yeah. you could tell she was just getting into the move <laughs> it was just like well it was bad Maybe that's why Nyla Rose attacked the Red Ginger, and we're gonna go from Red Velvet to Red Ginger, and we'll get a shot next week. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Uh, but let's face it, Britt Baker is one heck of a great character, and yes. she's not great of a wrestler. <laughs> she's not that. Great I, of a you wrestler. know what? I don't mind her, but to me, her character is so good. Yes. So that's I and and in the past, I think with some of the quarantine episodes where I had a chance to kind of, I think with even the women's episode, yeah, to me, she's one of the women that sticks out. And I was, you know, for what she did through the entire injury to keep herself relevant, to mm-hmm. you know, be involved, to be entertaining, I think is awesome. And you know, we see it time and time again where a lot of times character can and will supersede yeah. in talent. Yeah, I mean, you look at Britt Baker and like her character is awesome. Her wrestling ain't that great. You look at Hikira Shida, whose wrestling is phenomenal, but man, she struggles with that character with her barrier, with her English. Uh, could you imagine if she could pull off characterization like Britt Baker? Then you've got yourself like, you know, it's like it's like Asuka in the WWE. Uh, absolutely. This machine who's the best wrestler ever, but man, she is so hard to, to get into at times as a person because her English is so terrible and she just yells a lot. And after a while you get uh, sick of it, you know? See, and, I, and I love it. And I ask, like ask mm-hmm. to me, I love it. Oh, I love her, but yeah. I can see why the people don't connect with her, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why Bailey and, and Sasha get all the main events because they can talk their way around anything. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Yeah. And that's part of the thing. So, yeah. Um, so Britt Baker taking this uh, red velvet, I don't know, change cake flavors lady, because you need a little more <laughs> uh, training, I think. I was going <laughs> to sit there I was going to say the match was a piece of cake. Oh, maybe she'll be marbleized next time we see uh, her. Anyhow. Go back Anyhow. To dark. <laughs> okay, then we have the main event of the evening. Uh, first off, starting off with Eddie Kingston. Uh, coming out, he's got this referee around. He's, you know, this skinny hey, little ref. And uh, there, he comes out with Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. And uh, I like this. I actually like the fact that they let the referee actually explain and have a because I mean let's face it Eddie Kingston was out cold in any sport if you cannot defend yourself the referee has to protect you and I love the fact the ref got to explain that that yep. was to, yep. to me that was pretty cool um and of course you know Kingston being the dick he was did wouldn't get was going to beat him up anyways uh not sure why uh John Moxley's carrying a barbed wire rap bat i don't know where that came from it's just because he got it he's this. got it from chris jericho maybe because jericho carries a bat but he threw some i don't know sorry <laughs> yeah yeah i you know what i appreciate you trying i uh, yeah bless your soul and you try um no one else did so bless you for trying <laughs> <laughs> uh, even the announcers couldn't figure that one out anyways you get a bat you get a bat you get a bat yeah and you get bob bot on yours yeah. uh, so um okay First of all, how dumb is it that John Moxley has? There's so many dumb things to this thing. John Moxley says he will take on whoever Eddie Kingston wants him to. Okay, first of all, kind of dumb, but you know what? He's a tough guy, champ. Okay, yeah, take, okay. it's like Eddie, it's like an open it's like the open challenge. It's not right? really that. You know. It's not that bad. But yeah. then Eddie Kingston, a man who his entire 20 plus years of wrestling has only had one title shot in his life, decides he's going to give it to someone else. Dumb. 
I'm sorry, but if, if he is the hungry veteran that he's talked about and his character, he should have been frothing at the mouth to get back a shot at, at uh, no matter what he felt like. Yeah, he felt but, bad or whatever. And, and I will give it, at least he tried to, you know, he passed off as that, you know, we, we, we yeah. fought or whatever. So I totally agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Because mm-hmm. that, that should have been, like, yeah, no, it's me again. But mm-hmm. I mean, at least he kind of tried to pass it off while well, we had the fight last week or whenever. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just saying. Is that oh, yeah. But then, yeah. then the big surprise oh, ends up being a guy who's been jobbed out so much <laughs> that not for one second did I think Moxley had any danger of losing his title to the freaking butcher who even wore a freaking smock into a butcher smock <laughs> into right? the thing. I popped for that. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, didn't? But then when you noticed who it was, were you like, oh? Well, Butcher oh, ain't got no chance. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I totally agree. And, and this is one of the issues I have with the mystery opponent mm-hmm. is more often than not, it's like, a, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. It's like unless first, you're it's debuting like, someone. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you it's like the first strike. Like you're waiting for someone you know, that you've never seen, and it's someone that's already on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, that hasn't won a match. <laughs> I mean – the only way this works for me is if you're a heel and you bring out another dangerous heel. Or if you're a good guy, it's some good guy that you've never faced or who's, you know, then it's a cool thing. But, you you know, bringing out a guy who's been jobbed so much, you know, yeah, he's a big, scary individual looking guy, but we've seen him lose so many. I don't think I remember when have those guys ever won. Like it's I been a long tell, time since Blade. Maybe the first week or two they were in the company. But it's been a long losing streak for these guys. And he doesn't look dangerous anymore, you know? And so this match was a letdown. You know the best part of this entire match to me was? Does anyone got a favorite moment in this match? Because I have one. When it was over? (laughs) That was the second favorite. (laughs) The all-time best part of this whole match, Butcher takes Mox, throws him into the ropes, backs off. Eddie Kingston comes over, looks him in the face. Then all of a sudden... Uh, Phoenix slides on the apron, looks him in the face. Pentagon pops up, and all three of them are like <laughs> in his face to mock him. And then they get off, and I'm like, that, that's funny shit. <laughs> that was some funny shit. <laughs> okay, um, can I throw this a different yeah. way, though? Because this is something I was trying to figure out. Now, we all agree that you know, it was a poor choice, and that usually this yep. gimmick isn't yep. a good thing. Having said that, mm-hmm. who, would you have, who would you have put in there? You know what? Um, had it been Kingston? he really would have served him better to put Pentagon in. Well, Pentagon hasn't had a great luck lately. He's only been back a little while, yeah, you know, yeah. and he does have former cred. He's a former impact world champion. He's uh, one of the top draws in Mexico. If you're an AEW fan, you know this stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he would have been much more credible. Uh, Ray Phoenix. No, and definitely not blade. And don't, don't forget. Yeah. He's also Kingston's best friend. He's also what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, it's the only one that would have made any norm, like logically to make yeah. anything work out of this would have been him because anyone else, he doesn't want to get involved in. I mean, he specifically brought these four guys together. They're his yeah. team. So you don't want to give that title shot right. to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And the only guy with any credibility right now, and, and I'm sure in a week or two, if these guys don't win, they're going to lose that credibility, would have been Pentagon. Yeah, but uh, definitely not Blade. Yeah, <laughs> now, uh, did you catch uh, the announcement? They mentioned that they're, they're setting up a tournament or something. 
Oh yeah, what was the tournament? They're, they're setting up? up a tournament to to determine John Moxley's next next number one challenge contender to yes. this belt again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't uh, they just give him? A, didn't they get a title shot from like like they just his last contenders have been from like a uh, a battle royal? Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't so what's the point of having ratings? <laughs> <laughs> like I think uh, I believe one of the names was Omega. I forget who the other two. Yeah, were. Kenny Omega was. Uh, I forget who the other two were. Yeah. But that's because that's with the Hangman Page doing commentary. And then when they said Kenny Omega, and then it's like you know he had to split. Yeah, because yeah. he was well, upset. Which just is weird though. Okay, that's one thing I want to address right now too. Um, it used to be that Moxley would have some pretty solid match like opponents in interesting matches, and. Uh, Cody would keep doing these open contract things where you knew the guy never had a chance, but he highlighted somebody. So they were, they weren't the greatest matches. They were okay. And they highlighted yeah. someone, but now it seems like Moxley matches are become that way where he's yeah. just fighting guys who, you know, have no chance it's meaningless matches. And they're, and they're like, it's like almost padding his record with meaningless matches lately. And I'm, why is he the main event? I used to get mad when he wasn't the main event. Now I'm like questioning, why is he the main event right now? Because obviously Butcher doesn't bring anything to the table and, and some of the other guys he's fought in the last week. So, you know, he's supposed to be the number one wrestler in the world. And I like that, but how long do you hold that distinction if you're not fighting quality wrestlers? Well, another thing I'll go to that, you know, and I think we've kind of touched on this. I think Elio, you and I, again, touched on this uh, earlier. Um, you know, we talk about, AEW trying to separate itself from WWE and people talking about problems with WWE. And you run into the debate of, okay, well, you have your world champion. Should he be on every week? Should he be a special attraction? You know, what, and that to me, that was like one of the things, you know, when we can have debates about this, that was awesome with Brock Lesnar. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, you know, it should have been defended a little more, but I mean, special attraction. Mm -hmm. And then you get the oversaturation of your world champion on Monday Night Raw, da 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 da. Well, kind of what you're saying now is it's like, well, that's like the champions on every week. I thought that's what the TNT championship was for, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, okay. And, and like you said, and he's fighting and it's not, sorry, like it's not like top, you know, top three quality opponents. Top 10 quality yeah, you, and it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, and it's, it's not even like, it's not even the yeah. thing where he's in an active program where mm -hmm. let's just, you know, for argument's sake. So he was in a program with the butcher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, then at one point you're going to go, okay, well, we see him fight the butcher every week. Okay, well, we're grumble, grumble, grumble. Well, now it's like, okay, well, he's fighting different guys every week, but the quality's not there, so we're still seeing the champion. It's like, uh, I think that we, we come from a, we come from two different, like, um, Andy and, and Elio, we, we've come through two different, uh, an evolution of wrestling from two different places. There was a time where, um, the main, you kept your champion, like Ric Flair wouldn't show up every week on, yep. uh, on NWA wrestling because if he was the attraction that brought the money in when he faced in uh, big events. However, that isn't where the money is anymore. The, there isn't money in big events. All the money is in television uh, exposure. Uh, right now, WWE and AEW, that's where they make their money. They don't make money on that's their fair. things. They make the bulk of their money. So now all of a sudden they have to present a weekly splash yep. to take the money. And let's face it. Um, I love, I love truffle popcorn, but if I had to eat truffle popcorn every Saturday night after a month, I might start going, eh, after three months, I'm like, I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. No matter yep. how good something is, giving yep. it to me constantly 
thing. But but if I'm paying now, say I'm paying you $50 for a food budget every week and you're giving me truffle popcorn at the end of it, even though I'm sick of truffle popcorn, if you're giving me like driveling dog shit, I'm mad that I paid my 50 bucks and I might not pay my 50 bucks next week. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's a tough yeah. thing. Absolutely. And you would think they would use that uh, TNT title to alleviate some of that. I don't know why they just don't rotate it every second week, have it defended every second week, have the world champion, you know, use a secondary title to take some of that off, build some things there. But you know, that just sounds like logic. And for a company, here's this company that uh, they've been flogging ratings. They keep telling you how much people's records are and what their rankings are. And yet they do this and yet nobody gets a title shot at the big belt unless you win a tournament or a, a battle royal. So what's the yeah. point of being ranked? Well, that's why, I mean, that's why when they said that, I didn't understand why we're having this tournament. Yeah. Well, and, and it, you know, and you, you take a step back, you go back to MJF, and he's saying, he's like, look, I'm undefeated, and I can't get a title shot. Like, yeah. He's right. I mean, and that's, that's more of a babyface thing than a heel thing. Yeah. So it's sort of weird. I don't know who writes some of this stuff. It seems like some of them, they hit on good demographic stuff, but when it, it's like, it's like handing candy to kids. You know, we have kids, Andy, you know that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's okay uh, early on if I give Tommy uh, a candy. And maybe later on in the day, if he's been really good and doing stuff, give him a candy. And he likes it. But if yeah. I give him candies sporadically, constantly during the day, it's not good for him. Yeah. He's not going to like it at the end. He's not going to feel good. And he's going to feel candied out. And after a while, if I keep giving him the same candy, the candy ain't worth it anymore. And that's yeah. what's happening here is some of the stuff they're writing. Like, it's so weird. How come they can have, like, they can write this Adam Page, Kenny Omega shit for six months, a year, six months, yet they throw, you know, other stories at us in less than, a, you know, a week later, they're, you know, I just yeah. don't get the consistency of that. And uh, it makes me wonder, is it multiple writers or is it a guy who can only handle writing two chapters at a time and the rest of the chapters suffer? I don't know. But uh, I got to say this week's show for me, guys, I'm going to have to give it a C. Okay. Wasn't horrible. I mean, that equates to around 50% out of a hundred. Yeah, the, the Kazarian uh, Scorpio FTR match was great. Not a lot of really good, interesting wrestling through most of the rest of it. I, I didn't mind Isaiah Cassidy and, uh, Jericho. and Chris Jericho. Um, the opening match didn't make sense to me. And uh, a lot of the things either didn't make sense or I just didn't really dig them very much. And let's not even get into all the schmozzes that happened tonight. It was, it was, it was WCW at its worst going on. At least they didn't end the show with a bunch of that shit. So, uh, Elio, how are you going to rate today's show? I'm going to go with this. Yeah, this one. Like we said at the beginning, this wasn't, this wasn't a good or bad show, but it was a little better than last week's. Not much. Okay, Andy. You had to give it a report card? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going with the C as well. Uh, again, I'm jaded old curmudgeonly fan. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing. There wasn't too much that stood out to me that would be like, oh, this was really good. Like the, the tag match was good. Um, you know, to see Jericho is you know, normally going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, there just wasn't a lot of, you know, I, I probably, honestly, if I wasn't doing the show with you guys tonight, mm -hmm. I would have skipped through a lot more. Yeah. It was hard not to. 
There was times I wanted to too, you know, the Moxley thing. As soon as he started fighting uh, Butcher, I was just like, I just want to kind of go to the end of this because we know he's not going to win. He's not going to be all that cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, that, that to me that was like, I I was dreading it because it was like, like I said, like I knew it wasn't going to be anything special. And it's like, you know, if you're, you're saving that for your main event and mm -hmm. you're not really getting much of a payoff for it. No. Excellent. Well, you know what? Uh, want to thank you for joining us in, Andy. Um, oh, my pleasure. Loved it. One question. Is there Andy Anderson t-shirts anywhere? Like, do you sell t-shirts? Do you have t-shirts? You know what? Uh, Are you going to no. make t-shirts? We'll see. I, for good or bad, I'm, again, you know, I'll harp mm -hmm. on old school. But mm -hmm. to me, I was one of the guys that was like, you know what? Heels shouldn't have merch. Because Is that why heels starve? <laughs> They're angry? Well, <laughs> 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 this heel, I think so. But I mean, you know, but I mean, back in the day, though, like yeah. back in the day, right? Yeah. I mean, the baby faces would give him a cut because they kind of, kind of helped him out. And for the longest time, I mean, even Jericho kind of went by that, mm -hmm. even like in the, in the WWE run. And then eventually he, you know, decided he's going to make a lot more money. So maybe I should, I could, you know. I think you should think about that because this dude yeah. makes, he just says a catch word that shows up on a t shirt. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't have that same kind of clout, so I don't know. You don't know till you try. Yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had, and actually, last, no, uh, at one point, uh, I had a shirt, one or two shirts made for around, oh, when we did the, the uh, Pro Wrestling YEG show, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought, okay, well, we'll see if there's any traction, if I get any feedback, then I'll make it into a shirt, but I still mm -hmm. wasn't working consistently enough yet, so nothing happened, so. Yeah, right now there's there's no shirts, but I guess never say never. Okay, hey, speaking of shirts, I notice you're wearing an Every Child Matters t-shirt because you have yes. daughters that go to school. Yes. And I know because I sit awfully close to it, but... There you go. I'm also wearing this year's Every Child Matters shirt from yeah. the Catholic school system. There you go. So, yeah, this is, this is the St. Albert Public Schools. So that's... Nice. Uh, yeah, and that's, again, like, I, and I work in the school, so... Yeah, and for fans who are wondering what the hell we're babbling about, uh, every year a day is set aside in remembrance of uh, students that went to, Native students who went to residential schools, uh, which is sort of a dark history in Canadian past. Uh, yeah. A lot of abuse and things happened within the system. So now we take the, this opportunity to remember that every child matters and that we look back and try and remember and try and forge a better way forward. Yeah. Uh, speaking of t-shirts, and this is a horrible segue from something good like that. <laughs> yes, there are t-shirts available for WPOB Wrestling. You can find them at prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOB Wrestling. There are four different designs available, including a global t-shirt. And uh, they're $19.95 each. All the money goes towards uh, this show, all four of our shows, helping our network, helping to expand. And you know what, fans, you help us expand. And we enjoy the fact that more and more of you are getting on and uh, talking. Because you know what? Uh, look, at, look at Andy. There's a guy who loves to talk wrestling. Look at Elio. Look at me. We love to sit here and really dig into the things about it. I got to say, Andy, this has been one of the funnest shows because we really got to talk about lots of cool stuff in the psychology and the going-ons of why things happen, you know? Absolutely. I got to say, I appreciate that. No, so, uh, hey, you know you're welcome anytime. Every time you send me a, a thing saying, hey, today I'm watching it, I'm on with you. Yep. By all means, you're on. Awesome. So uh, thank you guys all for uh, joining us. Uh, don't forget, uh, coming up, we have Quarantine, Aftermath, and WPOV Wrestling. I uh, want to say a special thanks to uh, Rick Serrano III and Tony uh, Diaz, who 
showed us the way and uh, hopefully we can continue on this rich tradition of wrestling. So fans, thank you for joining us. Uh, Elio, say goodnight to the good people. And fans, we will talk to you all next week.